Thank you, Jesus. No book of Acts tonight. No book of Acts. <laughs> wow, who is blessed to be here in this place? Yeah, just, let's just give Jesus one more round of applause. This is really him. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. It's such a joy and an honor to get to be together on this night. I really, you know, there's something about seven that's just, I guess it's biblical, you know? Seven years. And I, I want to, I guess, just speak to a few things. And then uh, we have a really, I think this is going to be a significant night. Um, just in what, we're going to do something that we've never done. And I think it's going to be really beautiful. And there's just something about seven. And I've been kind of pondering this for months leading up to this and thinking about how seven is so significant, even biblically to the creation itself, that God works in these seven days, seven years, you know, seven sevens are jubilee. Like there's something about God in his, it's like he has these frameworks of seven years. And so I really believe that tonight is the close of a seven and we get to look back and celebrate. And it's also a stepping into a new seven per se, uh, where we get to look forward with eyes of faith and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And, and I, I believe like wet the imagination, the dreamer inside of each one of us to just imagine what is it that the Lord has in store for us? I can guarantee you that in seven years from this night, we will not be where we would think we would be. Uh, it will be more. If we give our yes to him, if we give him faith, it will be far exceedingly what we could imagine. It will probably be more challenging than we could think. It will probably be different than we think, but it's going to be good, yeah? You never know what God's going to do next. You just know what it's going to be like. You just know it's going to be good. Amen? So we're going to look back, and we're going to celebrate for a little bit, and then we're going to look forward. Who's excited for that? So I, I just, to, to look back, uh, you know, the, the thing that I love about the church is that the church is both, like, it's incarnational. It's heavenly and it's earthly. You know what I mean? Like, Jesus is the head. He's perfect. And then it's us. <laughs> Come on. It's us. Like, we're not perfect. Is anybody perfect? If you're not perfect, welcome here, your home, right? It, it, it's, it's earthly and it's heavenly. Jesus is the heavenly vine in John 15, and we're the earthly branches that bring forth somehow heavenly fruit, yeah? So we have like these two, it's like these two lines of celebration, and the first is that we get to celebrate Jesus, the heavenly vine. Like he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, which means that everything at the deepest and most fundamental level, this is all about Jesus, yeah? Like this is Jesus, his faithfulness, his grace, his blood, his mercy, his kindness, his forgiveness, his redemption. This is entirely about the man, Christ Jesus. Everything that has taken place, it's just the living out of what he accomplished through the offering of himself on the cross of Calvary. He brought salvation. He came to rescue and redeem us from the fierce brokenness of this life, right? And we are here. We stood saying, I have been a witness to the redemptive power of the crucified and resurrected Jesus. Yeah. Like we get to honor, remember, celebrate, look back and build our sense of faith that this is all about Jesus. So just even right now, it's like we just recognize he is the heavenly vine. He is the one seated on the throne of eternity. And he is brooding over and he is giving us this local church. He's giving us his time, his attention, his communication, his presence. Like he's actively working in our midst. That's what we're testifying to tonight. Isn't that beautiful? So we honor you, Lord. Wherever you are in here, everywhere, we honor you, Jesus. We honor the king of glory that's here. We're not singing to a far off God. Like, he's here. This is all yours, Lord. It's all yours. Like, truly, no man can take credit for any of this. No man. There is no glory that any man will get. This is all Jesus. So we remember you, Lord, and we're just in awe. And at the same time, in a wisdom that could only be described as the wisdom of God, Jesus says that just as the earthly branches can bear no fruit without the heavenly vine, he sets it up and says, and the heavenly vine can bear no fruit on earth without the branches. 
Like Jesus creates this strange interdependence that I'm going to ask him one day, why? Like, why wouldn't you just do it yourself? You're so much better at this than we are. Yeah? Ever thought, like, Jordan doesn't know what he's doing? I know, I know. <laughs> Praise God that he's just, he, his grace is sufficient, you know? So we get to honor the earthly branches. God has done wonders through earthly branches. Ordinary people that have given yeses to the Lord. It says, I'm willing. I'm willing to open my heart. I'm willing to open my life. And God does what only God can do. So I honor everyone. I honor all of us. Every one of you that have given a yes to Jesus. Every one of you that have offered yourself on to him, to one another, and to the world. Uh, Jesus needs, he says he needs branches. He needs willing earthly branches. And I thank you for being that. I thank you for walking through the last seven years of going from a little seed to the beginnings of a transformative community. And I do say the beginnings. Truly, it's just the beginnings of a transformative community. I thank you for bearing with the immaturity. I thank you for many of you who have loved in a way. You know, like when you have a little baby, you just love them. They can't give as much back. And we have been young. We've been beautifully immature. There's been so many things that have been lacking. There's been tension. There's been all of it. Like there's the beauty and it's also been real and it's been hard. But I thank you for laboring and giving your yes to Jesus. I feel like I'm more just getting to stand and speak it from his heart. Thank you. Thank you. God's been faithful, amen. amen? We have a lot to be grateful for. He's just getting so wrecked by the <laughs> faithfulness of God. So we have much to celebrate, and we're going to continue. We'll, we'll have a party afterwards. God loves parties. He commanded them all throughout the Old Testament. So I command you, celebrate all night. Go after, go celebrate in the lobby, and then go home and celebrate too. Um, but I, I want to turn and I want to look forward. And this is, this is what uh, I'm going to do tonight. I've, I felt that about maybe three or four months ago, the Lord put an assignment on me. And he said, it's time. I want, you to, I want you to go and I want you to sit with me and I want you to put language. I want you to bring fresh language that defines the vision and the identity of this community. He said, I want it to be language that speaks to who you are and what you've learned and what you've grown into these last seven years. But it also points forward to who you're becoming. I was like, wow, that feels kind of weighty, Lord. And, but I said, yes. And so I've been working on this. I've been laboring on this. I've had meetings where I've presented this to people, and I'm just, like, getting feedback. And I'm just really eager to release this to you. And so I'm going to release this. This isn't necessarily new. It is new, but it's more trying to put language to what have we learned. You know, if you think, like, I, I have a, a, a one-and-a-half-year-old right now, and it's like I'm still in the process of learning and watching over her. She doesn't know who she is yet. She doesn't, you know, she's just in these beginning stages of identity formation. And it's no different with the church. Like, we started, and we had a target, and we've been going, but it's like we've also been brooding over and watching this community grow and say, Lord, who are we, and what are you called Riverhouse to do? What is it? I think every local church is a unique expression of the, of the triune God, of the heart of Jesus. Just like every sibling expresses parents, same DNA, but a different, unique expression. That's how I believe the local church is with Jesus. So we've been brooding, we've been searching, who are we? And I, I really feel like we've landed on something that's going to bring clarity. And I, and I think it's going to create a foundation that's like, yes, and it's going to launch pad for us going forward. So that's, I'm really raising expectation right now. So I, I feel nervous all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, but then we're going to close. So I'm, I'm going to share this. It'll probably take 10, 15 minutes. And then we're going to do something we've never done, which is we're going to create space for a corporate prophetic moment. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pastor us a little bit to posture our hearts of what does that mean. So first, let's talk vision. Say vision. Come on. Come on. So, uh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my slides. I have some slides, too. That, that way I'm with you guys. We're, watching, we're looking at the same thing. All right. So, uh, go to the slide, on earth as it is in heaven. So, we've, we've said in Boise as it is in heaven. Moving forward, I just felt the Lord said it's time to expand this. Your vision is on earth as it is in heaven. And that's amazing. That's the Lord's prayer. Who's like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. That's scripture. Right? Who's also been like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. But what does that actually mean? 
Uh, so I'm hoping tonight, with some form of a concrete expression that we're going to bring this down. And I'm going to tell you exactly what it means. I'm going to tell you who we are and how we're going to do this. That this isn't just some ethereal theological framework. This isn't just some good prayer, some good hopeful thinking that Jesus prayed. But this is the mandate that God has put upon his church and specifically us as a local church. That we are going to become, you can go to the next slide. We are a, a community that is cultivating a heaven on earth reality that reveals the beauty, the love, and the redemptive power of our resurrected Savior. Yeah, we're, we're going to do this, but how? You should be asking how. How are we going to be a heaven-on-earth community? How are we going to reveal the beauty of Jesus to the earth? How are we going to reveal the love of Jesus to the earth? How are we going to reveal the redemptive power of Jesus to the earth? How are we going to do that? Right? Identity informs behavior. So I'm going to tell you who we're going to be, and then I'm going to tell you how. I believe that there is a call from God upon this house to awaken the people of God to their identity of what it means to be a royal priest. Like this is, we're going to sit on this. Like if you give yourself to this community, you will become the royal priest that you've been called to be. Right? And, and this is one of, I think, the most powerful identity statements that has just been kind of, it's like, yeah, yeah, cool, priesthood of believers. But I think this is essential to doing what we just said in the vision, bringing a heaven on earth reality, being a heaven on earth people. Right? So what do I mean when I say royal priests? We're not talking about clerical callers. We're not talking about religious ideas and religious behavior or religious, uh, you know, sacrifices, whatever it may be. There's a lot of, I think, gunk that comes in our mind when we think of a royal priest. But biblically, we're talking about the original human vocation. Say human vocation. Right? This is the original human vocation. The first priest that we see in scripture is Adam. Say Adam. Adam. He is like this priest ruler. Right? There is a, a powerful identity as a royal priest. Say royal royal priest right so Adam is put in the garden and he's created as the image bearer of God and he is given authority to govern and rule the earth and we see this like threefold pattern show up in Adam's life the first is that Adam walks with God say walks with God he walks with God in the cool of the day he's going on morning strolls with Yahweh face to face doesn't that sound amazing so the first part of this, the, the first ministry you could say of the priestly vocation is to be intimate with God. Right? But amazingly, he's walking in a perfect place, a perfect garden, in perfect communion with God. And God says, it's not good that you're alone. This isn't the full picture of what it means to be a royal priest. He puts him to sleep and he creates who? creates Eve and he gives them the vocation. He says, be fruitful and multiply, create an agape community of love so that you and community will mirror who I am as the triune community of love. So we see that Adam has this vocation and this is the garden of Eden is the holy of holies. Say holy of holies. This is holy of holies revelation right here. God says, it's all about relationship with me. And then I'm going to give you a call to create a community of love and then that's not just it. He gives him this third vocation. He says, I want you to till and work. Say work. Oh, some of you are going to hate me right now. Work is in the holy of holies, man. He gives Adam and Eve this vocation. He says, I want you to expand, expand the, the garden so that the whole world will become a garden of the Lord. Right, so what is the original human vocation? It is to behold, be intimate, be in union with God, and then imitate him in the way that we create community and then the way that we steward the earth through our effort and our labor and our work. Yeah? Who's the next high priest? Jesus. Say Jesus. Don't we just love Jesus? Jesus is the second Adam. He comes to redeem the vocation that Adam vacated and he shows up on the scene we see the same three patterns Jesus is intimate with the father spending all night with him on the mountain walking with him in the cool of the day he then spends his life to create a community a community of love with men and women that he called disciples that he chose and called them to be with him he said I'm gonna give you everything 
And we see Jesus pouring himself out to create a community. I love what Jacob shared. He's talking about priestly ministry. And then we see Jesus, his vocation, his work. He's in the broken systems, the broke, when the brokenness of people, he is in the cracks and the dark places of society doing what? Bringing healing, bringing redemption. He's effectively turning wastelands that have been devastated by sin, brokenness, darkness, and he's turning them into a garden of the Lord. He's bringing redemption. So what are we talking about when we say royal priest? We are talking about the original human design. And we, as the priests of Jesus, we're the ones who are called to behold God and then imitate God through the way that we live our lives. Every priest has been given a threefold ministry. Say threefold. Threefold. There they are. Don't forget it. Take a picture. No, we'll send an email or something. We've been given a ministry to the Lord. Say to the Lord. To one another. And to the world. Come on, this is so good. If we fulfill our threefold ministry, if we live out of our priestly identity that gives us access to God so that we can then make him known through the way that we show up in community and show up through the way that we work, we will cultivate heaven on earth lives, you guys. What is ministry to the Lord? Right? This is just a statement that embodies you've experienced. If you haven't been here before, you'll experience this if you stay for, for a while. But I'll just read what I wrote, and then I'll, I'll unpack it a little bit. We're a community that sows heavenward, prioritizing the practices of praise, worship, and prayer in response to our first call to be with Jesus. We're a people that treasures his presence above all else, acknowledging that connection with the heavenly vine is the source of life. Right? We are lingerers here, yeah? I know sometimes it's like, why do we worship so long? Because we have a primary call. It is all about connection, and connection takes time. Anybody linger on your first date with your eventual spouse? Anybody linger on some late-night calls? Right? Connection takes time. And we are learning. We're being discipled into being lovers. And that's why we linger. That's why we create spaces on Sunday night, long spaces, house of prayer spaces, worship spaces, because we are a people of the presence of God. That is our first ministry as royal priests. Right? But it doesn't stop there. Our second ministry is ministry to one another. We're the body of Christ, and it is together. Say together. Look around the room right now. It's together that we grow to represent the fullness of Christ. We need each other. This is what Jacob's testimony, I didn't know what he was gonna share. I'm like, that guy's preaching my message. <laughs> it is in the context of community that the spirit empowers us with gifts, spiritual gifts, graces, blessings that are meant to be generously offered and given for the benefit and the betterment of other people. Even in the book of Acts, the context of them selling property to give the money away was actually to those that were needy within the house of God. They were ministering to one another. They are gifts to edify and bless and build up the body. Just like the stomach serves the body, all the members of our body serve one another. And it's only when we are in unison that we're functioning like Jesus. Together. And it is in the context of community that we are formed. Say formed. You could say forged, shaped, fashioned, stretched, molded again and again and again by the spirit of grace so that we will look like Jesus. I believe that one of the deep cries of God is it's like if you could open up our chest and look at our heart, it'd be like, Jesus, I've so transformed you that you look like him on the inside, not just the outside. It's not religious behavior. It is life and heart transformation. And this takes place in the context of community because community exposes our flaws, but it also gives us strength to overcome them together. We will minister to the Lord and then we will fulfill our ministry to one another, to serve, to bless, to love. Come on. It's our second ministry. We have a ministry to one another in the house of God. 
We are only as strong as we are together. This is AJ's message a few weeks ago. Homothumadon. Come on, say that 10 times fast. Homothumadon. Ministry to the world. Come on, ministry to the world. We are ambassadors of our resurrected Lord. Called to venture, think risk. Venture capitalist, you risk, you step out, you forge, you pioneer into places of darkness and suffering with the hope that all things will be made new. We're commissioned to turn wastelands into gardens, to call dead things to life, and to declare that nothing and no one is beyond redemption. To be ambassadors of the resurrection. To dare against daring that we can confront the very worst of human culture. The very worst of brokenness in people's lives. With the faith that just as Jesus' mutilated, broken, crucified body was redeemed and made new. So too the power of God will flow through the church yielded to the spirit that says, send me God. Here I am, send me And through weak vessels, power will be made known and will transform the world. All right, go to the last slide. Here it is. Here's the picture. Here's the vision. There's the story. Mountains are very significant in the Bible. Say mountain. Mountains are places where heaven and earth meet. The Garden of Eden was a mountain. It was on top of a mountain. Israel encountered God at Mount Sinai. They then went and built their temple on Mount Zion. The mountain of the Lord is, is, it's so pervasive throughout both the Old and the New Testament. Even the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost, was in an upper room where? On a mountain called Zion. Mountains speak to where heaven and earth come together. If we will fulfill our threefold ministry, we will ascend the hill of the Lord and we will become the mountain of God, this called out community, this city on a hill, if you would, that heaven, that is a bridge. We as a community will be a bridge, a mountain through which heaven and earth come together and collide. The fulfillment of our ministry to the Lord as we ascend and sow heavenward, we are filled with the presence of God, empowered to love, serve, and bless one another, and then release that with the vent of love that could only be described as the compassion of Jesus. And if we will do our part, the earthy clay, God will do his part and he will send the river of his presence. And that presence will flow through our broken, humble, laid down lives. And the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. So how, how do we be a community that cultivates a heaven on earth reality that reveals the beauty, the love and the redemptive power of Jesus? We step into our priestly vocation and fulfill our threefold ministry. That's how. That's how. This is our vision. So I don't know where you are or where you've been or if you're new or if you've been here for years, but I believe that like this is the aim. Every ministry, every, every gathering, every space is going to be to equip you to step into a priestly identity to fulfill these threefold ministries. If you give your time, your money, your talents, your, your life, if you will pour yourself out to Jesus in this community, this is what you're going to get. You are going to step into your vocation as a royal priest. You are going to learn to minister to the Lord, be empowered to cultivate an agape community, and give it away to the world. That's our vision. That's what we're trying to do. I believe it's broad enough that everyone has a place, everyone has a purpose, and it's also narrowed enough, narrow enough that we're going to hit this mark again and again and again. And I believe that the world will live to tell about it. So unto your new creation, Lord, make all things on earth as they are in heaven. Amen. Amen. This is what we're going to do. I just gave like a framework, and now we're going to pull on the gifts of prophetic ministry to fill it in with some 3D vision. I want to introduce what we're going to do, because I think there's a lot of misconception about what prophetic ministry is and what prophetic ministry isn't. 
right? But one of the things that I love about the Bible is that the Bible, beginning in Genesis chapter 3, right after man sins, is the first time we see the instance of prophecy in Scripture. And it's this little poem that says, you know, from Eve, uh, uh, your seed is going to crush the serpent and the serpent's going to bite his heel. And it's like God is speaking of a future date that was thousands of years ahead right there, right after we sinned. And then Abraham, and you see these promises. And the whole Old Testament, you just keep seeing these promises pop up again and again and again, talking about what was going to happen in the future. Right? God is the God of the future present. Say future present. He is Alpha and Omega. He sees the end from the beginning. He, he's, he's all powerful and he's all knowing. And the way that God communicates to us is he speaks to us from the future and he brings it into our present. Why? Because he's trying to awaken faith that we would see the reality of the unseen and start to lean and walk into the future that God is authoring. Humans have a tendency to live past present. We look at where we've been to tell us where we're going. God turns this upside down. He says, no, I'm going to speak to you, not out of your sin. I'm going to speak to you out of my redemptive promise, Adam and Eve. And it's like the Bible is written and the way the Lord speaks, it's like he's pulling us forward that we would lean into the promises and the purposes in the future of God. So this is the role of prophetic ministry. It's to, it's to shift our, our stance, you could say, so we'd start to lean. Right? And this is the other thing I want to say before we go into it, is that prophecy is an invitation. It's not fortune-telling. Sometimes we, like, we hear prophetic words, we're like, all right, well, we'll see if it happens. You know, it's almost like we're like, eh, I'm a little skeptical of that, but we'll see. Right? If that was the case, why, when Jeremiah prophesied that in 70 years I'm going to bring you back from Babylon, and 70 years later Daniel reads that prophecy, and he says that he humbles himself and begins to fast and pray, right? He gets gripped by the future, and he starts to lean into it and actually steward it, because that's what faith looks like. It's the conviction of things unseen, the substance of things hoped for. Right, meaning that I believe that the Spirit of God is going to speak something to every person in this room. He is brilliantly creative. We have, we're going to pull on an outside prophetic gift, Julian Adams, who is a great friend of our house. We have a video. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to invite our own in-house prophetic ministry through Megan Bailey. This is going to be a holy moment. This has been weighed by the eldership of this church. We had a holy um, a holy time of just sitting and basking. We weighed these, we discerned these, and we believe that this is something of the future that God is wanting to communicate to us as a house, yeah? So I'm just gonna invite you right now, I'm gonna give you like 30 seconds um, to just maybe quiet yourself, and I want you to posture yourself to receive what perhaps the Lord would want to speak to us tonight, that it would allow us to change our stance and steward this so that we will see the future come to pass. Amen? Amen? All right, let's give it 30 seconds and then you can cue that first video. Hey Riverhouse, just wanted to take a moment to say a happy seventh anniversary. Um, Katya and I count it a real privilege and joy to be friends with you and to see what God is doing with you guys. We love Jordan and Jackie and the entire team that are leading you into um, this next season. And uh, just as I've been praying for you guys and thinking about you guys, I wanted to take a moment just to uh, share a few prophetic thoughts that I had for you. And so maybe where you are, you could close your eyes and just open your hands and just begin to receive from the presence of God because I believe God wants to meet with you even right now with just such a sense of his purpose and favor for this next season. As I was praying for you, I felt the Lord begin to speak to me very clearly that God is bringing Riverhouse 
into a Joseph season. And I felt like this was about the maturity of Joseph, not about the testing of Joseph. In other words, God is bringing you into a season of incredible governance and authority um, and a grace to become a resource, not just for Boise, Idaho, not just for um, the region that you're in, but uh, not just even for the nation, but for the nations, that God was about to bring you uh, into the place of high-level influence for the sake of his global mission. And the first thing I, I felt like God was speaking to me within that context of a Joseph paradigm um, as an apostolic model was that God was going to release to you a grace to become a house of dreamers. Not only will there be many dreamers in the house, many sons and daughters, particularly the Gen Z and millennial um, age group that will begin to dream for solutions, that will begin to dream for a change, that will begin to dream for specific breakthroughs in your region and beyond specific breakthroughs um, for the sake of shaping church and for the sake of stepping into a new way of being the people of God in your region and beyond, but that God was going to give uh, those older brothers and sisters, as it were, who will be able to interpret the dreams of the next generation, that this was going to be a multi-generational thing, and that even when Joseph had older brothers who could not interpret his dreams, that in this season the Lord was doing such a deep work within you as a community that there will be a joining of older brothers and younger brothers for the sake of dreaming again. And I felt like the Lord was going to release creativity at a whole other level, that God was going to give you insight and opportunity to be able to speak into the fabric of society, um, that God will begin to give you an ability to establish justice and mercy through creative ways um, for the sake of multiple and, and the multiplicity of generational impact. And so felt like God was going to give you dreamers who would dream for multi-generations, that you would dream for legacy. Um, and it will bring both immediate solutions, um, but it will also bring long-term solutions. And part of the dreaming was about what God was going to do with you as a local church and the reach that you will have, the ability to impact way beyond anything you could imagine, way beyond anything you could even um uh, right now, begin to conceptualize that God was going to begin to release dreamers so that there will be an articulation and a language to be able to put words to what is unseen right now for the sake of many being able to walk into those promises. I believe the Lord was going to release dreamers um, in the entrepreneurial space, that there's going to be an anointing to bring entrepreneurial solutions that would break the disillusionment with capitalism and actually bring about a kingdom mindset in business in which there's more than enough, where competition would not be the driving factor, but Solutions would be the driving factor. And even as Joseph said at the end of his life, God sent me ahead to save for the people a remnant, to save for God's purposes a remnant in which um, uh, purposes of God will be fulfilled, that he saw his own dreams, his own purpose within the context of God's big picture. I felt like these dreamers would not just dream for personal gain, but they would dream for transformational change. And I feel like you need to watch the next generation, the Gen Zers and the Alpha generation, because they are going to think outside the box and then God was going to give you a company of people who would not color on the inside of the lines, that would do things slightly different, but they would bring with them an ability to step into the purposes of God, not just for themselves, but for even many that would come in. 
The second thing I felt the Lord was wanting to speak to you as River House is that you would be a resourcing River House. That part of the grace that God is going to begin to unlock in this next season is that there is going to be an anointing around teaching. That God was going to give you a teaching resource and that there was going to be something of a school with an international flavor. I felt like the Lord was going to give you property to that effect so that people from nations could come. I felt like there would be a two-tier expression of this, that you will train church-planting revivalists that will begin to flow from your house to the nations. Um, But I felt like there would also be a second tier, that God would give you um, revivalists who would carry Reformation anointing, that actually they would carry the spirit of revival for the sake of architectural structures in communities for the sake of releasing kingdom perspectives. Um, And I felt like there would be people that would come from um, all over the nation uh, to Boise because the Lord's about to highlight Boise internationally, that there is something about what God is about to do in the next six to ten months that will bring the, the city of Boise into the news that will bring the city of Boise into an international um, attraction. Um, And I felt like you need to get ready for that because God was going to establish a resourcing house, much like Joseph was able to prepare the nation of Egypt to be a resource to many nations, even so the Lord is preparing you to be a resource in the season of scarcity, that you would have an abundance and an overflow. I felt like there was going to be such a grace, not only financially, but in terms of property, even to do with... um, property that you might even have as a church, but I see like a a gangdom, I see like a extra space where it will be housing, it will be schooling, it will be shaping things for the future, and I felt like part of that too um, in terms of this grace was actually a a physical um, opportunity to shape education. I feel like there's an actual school that the Lord wants to release. So not just revival school, not just resourcing school, not just church planting school, not just shaping um, um, foundation school, but actually from kindergarten right through to high school that you would retrain a people, that you would retrain a um, generation to think biblically. Um, And I felt like a school was going to emerge in order to redeem the education sector for the sake of preparing leaders. Um, And I feel like God is releasing a Joseph anointing so that you would be a resource even in the season of scarcity, both financially in terms of actual practical solutions um, in the season of scarcity that you will provide help. And I I could see like this um, food bank or like a a mercy ministry arm that will be transformational and that would provide help for the poorest of the poor and the broken of the broken. But also in terms of teaching um, and a theological framework, as I prophesied earlier, that will be prepared to be a resource that God was going to give you a significant um favorful opportunity to impact many different spaces. I felt like there would even be something around uh, ministry to do with your online space that will be translated into multiple languages for the sake of changing the narrative and for the sake of bringing resource to many different churches. And then I felt like the Lord was wanting to speak to you about um, the anointing to father a region. Um, the Bible says that Joseph became a father to Pharaoh and it went well with the people of God. And I feel like the Lord is going to raise up within your ranks and I believe even for Jordan and Jackie, even for the apostolic anointing that is on you, that you will not only father those inside of the church, but you'll father those outside of the church. Like God was going to lift the profile and responsibility of your church to be able to father 
a region into thinking great, into having an impact of greatness beyond where you're at. And I believe the Lord is mocking you in the season that because you have consecrated yourself, because you've given yourself to minister to the Lord first, that in this next season there is going to be a pioneering edge in which your community and the impact of your community beyond yourself would father not only your region, but even many other churches and many other regions. And even as Joseph fathered Pharaoh and became a father to Pharaoh, so you're going to become a father in Boise, um, a fathering figure, a, a figure in which dreams are unlocked even for the city at a high level. I, I felt like the Lord was wanting to encourage you that you will be a voice that will carry grace um, for the sake of restraint in uh, liberal thinking, but also for the sake of creating a kingdom perspective in which people fall in love with Jesus, in which people fall into the kingdom. That it won't just be about what you say no to, but it will be about what you will create and say yes for the sake of your community. So get ready because God is lifting your profile in this next season. And then I felt like the Lord saying, it's acceleration time. It's acceleration time. Like actually God was going to give you an ability to build a barn. And I feel like this is about your actual physical church building, that the delay has been too long, that God is about to press fast forward onto that, that the Lord is going to bring some benefactors. In fact, there are some even in the community right now that God is going to call you to give in a way that will accelerate the process to build. And I feel like the Lord is giving you a man of peace in um, spaces of influence to do with building contracts and passing um, passing plans and giving the rubber stamp approval so that you can move into the next season of barn building. And I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you, this uh, building is not going to be marked by um, simply the beauty, design, and architecture, although it will be that, but it will be marked by the fact that people will be able to come into the building. And it's almost like there are going to be spaces of beauty within this place that will draw people into that building, much like um, the Queen of Sheba came to Solomon because of the beauty of what he built. So people will come in, not because simply of the beauty, but because there will be provision in that space for them. And I feel like the Lord really wants to encourage you, River House. This is a season in which there is going to be a holy acceleration. Get ready. Things are going to change. Even the way you... Um, the way you do staffing, even the way you do church, even the way you do uh, what you have done up until now, it's going to begin to change uh, for the sake of resource, for the sake of provision, for the sake of being an answer even to felt needs and spiritual needs, both in your community and in the nations of the earth. Your global reach is about to expand as you become a resourcing house for the sake of the nations. And the Lord says, build the barn, build the barn so that you will have enough to give away, so that you'll have enough to break track. Felt the Lord wanting to encourage you. There is a sense in which the building of this barn is going to be debt-free. That actually God was going to do something so significant that you would not need to carry debt in this next season, but that you would see favor and breakthrough into that. And as you begin to see the shifting roles of people and, and spaces, you will begin to see an influx of Gen Zers and millennials for the sake of shaking the nations. I felt the Lord say, watch what I'm going to do in the area of technology, in the area of um, um, yeah, technology to do with online spaces, even artificial intelligence in your region because it will be a sign of what God's going to do with you as a church for the sake of resourcing many people. And even as people begin to tire and begin to get exhausted of um, 
the seeming solutions that technology will try to offer even as there's a discovery and a hub and a space of technology. I, I keep seeing like, um, like those farms where they keep lots of hard drives and lots of, um, uh, um, yeah, hard drives, information. Like actually, even as people get tired of all of that overload, that God was going to give you grace to be able to minister to people in the tech space that will come from all over. And you're going to begin to see some breakthroughs in this next season. But I felt like the Lord wanted to say it will be for the sake of resource. And so you could get ready, dear friends, because God is bringing you into a season of Joseph. He's making you into a house of dreams and a house of resource, and you will be a father to the region and beyond. Get ready, because the next seven years are going to be about a holy acceleration. Don't hold on to what happened in the past, because what happened in the past was always meant to be a platform for this next season. And God is redefining your church through the lens of becoming a father to both the pharaohs, as it were, and to Israel, the church, as it were. I mean that loosely, um, that God was going to give you grace to be a Joseph for the sake of a whole generation. Get ready. This is a season of acceleration. God bless you. Thank you so much. Um, We're praying for you over here in Boston. We love you and believe in the incredible redemptive purpose that God has for Riverhouse in Boise and for the nations. I'm going to invite Megan up. I know that this is a... I want us to just wait and be patient, and I want you to just keep staying engaged, and um, come up here, Megan. Uh, Megan, I'm going to stand up here with Megan. I I actually think this is a a moment, not just for us, but this is a moment for Megan. Megan is an emerging prophetic gift within our community, and through honor right now, we get to pull on this, and I think this is not just a threshold moment for her, but she's going to release something that I think is holy. It's very synergistic with this. They were both crafted independently. And I just, again, want to just, I just uh, want to exhort us all to receive, and then we're, we'll be able to listen to this again. We're going we're gonna to steward this, and I actually think this will be something that we will remember seven years from now as we watch us step into this. So take us away, Meg. You got it. So I feel like what God was showing me was just like looking through a keyhole. It was just a small taste of what's to come. So I hope that this whets our appetite for all that he has in store. And I just have this knowing that the spirit of God is going to land on some of you because you're going to receive a mandate tonight. And as I release these words, I just want you to lift the sails of your spirit to catch what the Lord is breathing. And it's like this path in motion that he's inviting us to step onto so that we can go forward into where he's calling us. And so um, if if, if you find it easier to tune in to where the Lord is speaking and and to listen with your spirit best by closing your eyes, you can do that. But I just want you to lean in and listen with your spirit and trust that God is going to mark you. So I crafted this and I wrote it down so I could just remember all that the Lord said. But just as in the natural, we see a growth spurt in a seven-year-old. We're going to experience a growth spurt in our midst. We've been moving into an apostolic identity. Many people have been in transition these past few years. And now the Lord is placing people into position. People are finding roots and placements within the body after years of transition. And we've been and, and will continue to be in a season of consecration. So the Lord can build his church with an apostolic mandate in this house. We are entering into a season of acceleration. And the Lord is thrusting us into the next phase of our identity. A growth spurt and an acceleration are coming. That's what the Lord just kept showing me. Growth spurt and acceleration are coming. When the trees turn colors and the leaves start falling, there will be an acceleration on people coming to Christ. A wave of evangelism is coming into this house. 
These ones who will come into the family of God will be brought up and discipled at an accelerated pace. I just kept hearing the word acceleration, which is what Julian kept saying as well. Entire families are coming to the Lord. Evangelism is coming to the Mormon church in Idaho. House churches will double and they will be training and equipping grounds for the younger brothers and sisters in the Lord to be built up in Christ, connected in family and sent out. There will be momentum and God is infusing a greater heart for the lost in this community. And this is not a call to the evangelist. This is a call to anyone who would say yes. And he is asking right now, will you let me stretch stretch the tent pegs of your heart? Strengthen the stakes so that the lost would be found and Jesus would be known in this valley. And there there is a sweeping across this valley with Mormons coming to Jesus. In three years' time, I see a sister in the West. In five, I see feet on the ground in the Middle East, resourcing, serving, and strengthening the persecuted bride of Christ. I see feet on the ground in South America. Water tunnels are being dug in the spirit, and the life of God will flow from nation to nation. By seven years' time, I see an apostolic center that resources and sends people to the nations. This will be a hub of heavenly activity, like the river of God in Ezekiel that flows robustly out of the temple into the ends of the earth. A beautiful cityscape campus will prophesy of the coming kingdom and the kingdom that is at hand prayer gardens, water, and a windowed house of prayer that is set on a high place will be seen. This hub will be known for the manifest presence of God and it will be said, the Lord is here. The Lord is there. It it will be an oasis in the region. People will come and drink deeply, be resourced and sourced and sent back out. We will be known for holiness and humility as well as the power of God. The house will be known, not just for a season, but we will be known for a house of consecration, an oasis of consecration. That's what the Lord kept, the phrase he kept telling me, an oasis of consecration. People will come in to be set apart onto the narrow path of God and it will be known for people coming in one way and leaving in another and there's metamorphosis for God to God through God for God to God through God by God for God and it's all revolving around him the house of prayer will source denominations and the nations There will be an army of intercessors, people who have become a house of prayer that emerge from this house. Nations will be shaken and shaped with the glory of God through intercession. Arrows of the Lord will be shot out from the prayer room that will shift entire regions, entire regions for the glory of God. Blueprints, assignments, and mandates will flow from the house of prayer. Worship will sound forth and bring nations into an encounter with the living God and ministry to the Lord will geyser and water the nations with purity and a wholehearted devotion unto the Lord. And I saw the design of this apostolic center, this cityscape will be a foretaste of heaven on earth. Creativity will mark this house in greater measures. The covenant of God will birth a renaissance-like reputation in this valley. The arts will draw people into encounters with facets of the nature of God. People will regularly say, that came out of Boise? Performing arts and the arts will be marked by holiness, purity, and power. And much like Julian said, the arts will shape the fabric of society. I saw the gospel, the kingdom, and many realities of heaven reflecting the nature of God in performing arts in a theater like people that go to Broadway in New York they'll be drawn to a performing arts theater here in this valley that prophesy of Jesus Christ and I saw interactive uh, like almost like museums and hubs of art like the experience music project in Seattle where people come and and encounter art and experience God (laughs) it will be marked by purity and potency courses and curriculum will flow through this house. It will be holistic and creative in nature, training up the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. Creating a robust priesthood. I saw five-fold nucleus teams 
flanked with worship teams sent out like bees to pollinate and be pollinated. Like modern day circuit riders, they will carry the flames to reignite the flame of Jesus in communities. And I see this also crossing ecumenical lines, meaning denominations. There will be a multi-year school of ministry that launches wholehearted lovers of Jesus to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. People will be consecrated, holy, and potent, marked by purity and power. I see a school of worship. Songs of encounter. Songs songs of the throne room. And the bridegroom emerging from the house that will awaken a deep revelation of Jesus. I saw songs writing the knowledge of Jesus as a bridegroom on our on hearts and worship will carry a bridal identity there will be signs and wonders in our children the children will be marked with a holiness and power at a young age Julian was marked at nine as a prophet to the nations and I saw many of our children being marked and their mouths will be used to confound the wise and strengthen the, hum- the humble. And I saw the wells of healing that have been dug in this valley, uncapped by children. Unusual healings will take place through the hands of our children. I saw patents and inventions framed on walls. It will be a mark by God in this house. There will be a reputation for solutions from heaven that are birthed from this house and people will come with problems seeking solutions and find heavenly solutions in the prayer room, in being in here. I saw a study like in 20 or 30 years, like a Barna study that would study this generation, thank you, (laughs) and show stats that move the needle from the normal stats from the house of God. Like, man, these guys actually do have a lower divorce rate. What did they do? Actually, these guys do have children that follow the Lord. What, what happened? And there was like an unusual finding from our midst and stats from the sciences. The revelation of covenant will be reflected in stats, statistics. And I felt an exhortation from the Lord. Again, this is just a pinhole I felt like he gave me, but stretch the tent strengthen the stakes make yourself ready to host a people who didn't know they needed hosting make yourself ready to host people from different denominations from from the nations from the hurting the broken the young the old marketplace leaders church pastors there will be unusual bridges between denominations from this house and other denominations and it will be a sign of unity of heaven invading this earth and there's an acceleration coming and i feel the lord saying will you jump on will you jump in this river of god this river this river house is god's idea it's in ezekiel 47 And the river is flowing. And there's a seven-year mandate on our house to grow and grow and grow and and step into the season of acceleration. And I I just feel from the Lord to just open our hands as a sign that you're, we're saying yes to him. Open your hearts as a sign of saying yes to him, that you would find yourself in this story of God in the next seven years, that Lord, you would come and mark people, Lord, consecrate people, set them apart, Lord, set them ablaze, God. And I pray right now that your will would be done, even greater measures would your will be done on this earth, in this, in this community of people. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. It's like drinking from a fire hose, (laughs) something like this. But this is what I want to just speak right now, like pastorally, is that we're not talking about the pastors of the church with this. We are talking about a royal priesthood. Yes. We're talking about what the works that will be done through the people of God. And this is what I want to invite is that if there was something that was spoken that witnessed, like it caused your inner man or your inner woman to stand up, like that was God's voice to me. I just want you to stand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, I just have that phrase of that song we sung. 
for all you've done and all you've yet to do we praise you for all you've done and all you've yet to do we praise you we praise you we praise you for all you've done and all you've yet to do we praise you we praise you we praise you we praise you because we just came just to say we love you let's just sing this all i am We just came just to say we love you through the one who has loved me before the beginning. We just came. This is all we can do. All he needs is earthly branches. All I am just to say I love you, Yahweh. We just came just to say we love you. To the one who has loved me before the beginning of time. Some of you might be thinking, that sounds crazy. That sounds impossible. It absolutely is. But this is, this is the thing. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. So look to him right now and say, for all you've done and all you've yet to do. There's the faith, church. We praise you. We praise you we praise you for all you've done and all you've yet to do we praise you we praise you Just lift an amen. Lord, we humble ourselves and we say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Just take the hand of the person next to you and let's just pray for one another. And we say yes and amen. Lord, we say amen to the word of the Lord and we ask for faith. Lord, we say, awaken the dreamers in this house. Awaken the dreams of heaven. Awaken the plans and the purposes of God. And we say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Awaken a royal priesthood. Awaken ministry unto the Lord. That we would be a people who ascend your holy hill. Awaken. Awaken, 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 we pray. We bless our brothers. We bless our sisters. And we bless you, Jesus, the heavenly vine. Lord, and just as everything you've done seven years, Lord, use these branches. Lord, we do not have much to offer. But what we do have, we give to you tonight. And we say yes. God, we say yes to greater and more abundant 
than anything we could ask, imagine, or even dare to dream. We praise you, Lord, and for the sake of our families, for the sake of our community, for the sake of our city, for the sake of a broken world, Lord, for the sake of the lost and the hurting, for the sake that Jesus would have his reward and what you shed your blood for. We say yes and amen. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. Have your way with us, your people, God, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. One more time. For all you. Amen. 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 Let's honor this wonderful woman of God who stepped out and served us. Come on. Come on. And now, filled with the Spirit of the Lord, we get to celebrate and remember Jesus and love and bless one another. So we have, I think there's cake. I think there's like all kinds of fun stuff. And I bless you to minister to one another tonight. Amen. Let's have fun. Love you, church.